Deep inside every one of us is a lion waiting to be unleashed. Are you ready to be unleashed into your destiny? As we stand on the edge of time, the web of deception is being unraveled. Carl Joseph offers you the red pill and the keys to unlock the shackles of your mind. Get ready to be transformed by God's supernatural power. Let's join him now. I make this broadcast today, friend, having recently watched a documentary from the UK in which a so-called religious expert had stated in a publicly televised debate there was no evidence that Jesus Christ ever existed. Wait, what? This wasn't Brexit, friend, but apparently the complete exit of Jesus from Europe's history books. Frankly, I nearly fell off my chair upon hearing this false claim, and having been born in the UK myself, my blood started to boil. This woman denied that Jesus ever existed, at all, which is definitely a counterfactual statement, rooted in either ignorance at best, or perhaps nefarious Gnosticism at the very worst. It's one thing to deny the deity of Christ, but another to deny his literal existence on earth, which should never come into question. Despite numerous so-called Christians being present in the televised debate, I was most perturbed that not one of them confronted this so-called religious expert's ignorance. Don't get me wrong, I'm all for education, but we shouldn't educate ourselves at the expense of common sense and sound judgment. Let's do our homework before we spout out a level of ignorance which frankly embarrasses someone holding the credentials of a scholar reputedly at the doctoral level. Now I will say up front, only a fool would claim that Jesus Christ never existed on this earth, and the secular history books back me up. I'm not saying this because I'm a Christian, but most assuredly secularists themselves will concur with these documented facts, i.e. that Christ lived, ministered, died, and rose from the dead without even as much as a whiff of contention from historians. In fact, there's a wealth of independent historical evidence that Jesus existed outside the canon of Scripture, which I will document shortly, and those who dispute this fact have simply not done their homework. The Apostle Peter warned us of such absurd claims in these last days when he said in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3-5, through 5, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Not only are these scoffers apparently in denial of Christ's imminent return or second coming, but some of them have the nerve to repudiate he never existed in the first place. Well, friends, I felt strongly it was time to speak up and provide the facts concerning the false presentment and fatuous denial of Christ's existence. Surprisingly, some scholars have debated this issue down the years, and to dispel any partiality, the focus of this broadcast will be one of extra-biblical evidence for Christ's existence, i.e. outside of the Bible. As a result, my findings will be palatable for non-Christians as well, leading to the inevitable and obvious conclusion that Jesus did exist. Now, it's absurd to hold a view that the New Testament writings that are by far the most reliable ancient writings in existence today do not lend enough credibility to the existence of Jesus Christ. To do so would doubt the credibility of many other accepted historical documents of antiquity which have far fewer copies in existence. 
But this being the case, there's also more than enough reliable extra-biblical ancient texts to prove that Jesus of Nazareth was a historical person, hence the focus of this broadcast. I also wish to thank Dr. Lawrence Mictiuk for his scholarly work providing a thorough review of these extra-biblical sources as insurmountable evidence of Christ's incarnation and a man who walked the earth two millennia ago. Now, I'm going to give you six extra-biblical sources, starting with number one. Publius Cornelius Tacitus was a Roman senator and historian who provided an account from the reign of Tiberius to Nero. He showed evidence of Jesus when he wrote a biography of the Emperor Nero in 64 AD. Number two, Titus Flavius Josephus, who was a first century urbane Romano Jewish scholar and historian born in Jerusalem prior to Christ. The Roman historian Josephus mentioned Christ several times while relating noteworthy civic events, including the execution of one named James, the brother of Jesus who was called Christ the Messiah, referring evidently to Jesus' brother James, leader of the early church and author of the New Testament book bearing his name. This cosmopolitan historian, whose two great works, The Jewish War and Jewish Antiquities, written in Greek for educated people, also mentions Jesus in his writings, and I quote, Being therefore this kind of person, a heartless Sadducee, Ananus, thinking that he had a favorable opportunity because Festus had died and Albinus was still on his way, called a meeting of the Sanhedrin of Judges and brought into it the brother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. The longer passage in Josephus's Jewish Antiquities, Book 18, that refers to Jesus is known as the Testimonium Flavianum. If it has any value in relation to the question of Jesus' life, it counts as additional evidence for Jesus' existence. The Testimonium Flavianum reads as follows. Around this time there lived Jesus, a wise man, if indeed one ought to call him a man, for he was one who did surprising deeds and a teacher of such people as accept the truth gladly. He won over many Jews and many of the Greeks. He was the Messiah. Number three, Lucian of Samosota, circa 115 to 200 AD, was a Greek satirist who wrote the passing of Peregrinus about a former Christian who later became a famous cynic and revolutionary who died in 165 AD. In two sections of Peregrinus, Lucian, while discussing Peregrinus's career without naming Jesus, clearly refers to him, albeit with contempt in the midst of satire. Number four, Publius Lentulus, Roman consul during the reign of Augustus, sent a letter to the Roman Senate during the Roman Empire period. He is also said to have been the governor of Judea before Pontius Pilate. Here is an extract from that letter, and I quote, There appeared in these days a man of great virtue named Jesus Christ, who is yet among us, of the Gentiles accepted for a prophet of truth. But his disciples call him the Son of God. He raises the dead and cures all manner of disease. A man of stature, somewhat tall and comely, with a very reverend countenance, such as the beholder must both love and fear. Number five, the manuscripts themselves. According to the biblical scholar F.F. F. Bruce, who supported the historical reliability of the New Testament, nine or ten good copies of Julius Caesar's Gaelic Wars survive, twenty copies of Livy's Roman history, and two copies of Tacitus's Annals in History. Yet all these men are counted as actual historical figures without question. The most documented ancient secular work is Homer's Iliad, surviving in 643 manuscript copies. 
Counting Greek copies alone and in sharp contrast, the New Testament text is preserved in, wait for it, some 5,686 partial and complete manuscript portions that were copied by hand from the second, possibly even the first copy, through 15 centuries. This represents, friend, an almost ninefold abundance of New Testament codexes in comparison to the nearest secular work. This fact by itself, friend, warrants no further discussion concerning Christ's existence, albeit there's more evidence to reveal from the manuscripts themselves. And I quote, In addition to the Greek manuscripts, there are numerous translations from the Greek, not to mention quotations of the New Testament, counting major early translations in Syriac, Coptic, Arabic, Latin, and other languages. There are 9,000 copies of the New Testament. This makes a total of over 14,000 copies of the New Testament. What is more, if we compile the 36,289 quotations by the early church fathers of the 2nd to 4th centuries, we can reconstruct the entire New Testament minus 11 verses. Wow, did you catch that, friend? The fact that we can replicate almost the entire New Testament from other sources is frankly astounding and testimony to not only the accuracy but proliferation of these early writings. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that if you believe Julius Caesar was a real person or the famous Greek poet Homer or other historical figures of antiquity, know that the evidence for Jesus Christ far outweighs any of them. It would be hypocritical to ignore someone's existence based on one's own partisan belief system, which chooses to ignore independent historical witnesses, as some scholars have mistakenly done. We have to look at the facts objectively, friend, just as Christians accept the existence of Muhammad from the Islamic faith based on the historical accounts, even though we don't worship the same God or follow their creed. And finally, number six, the Babylonian Talmud. There are very clear references to Jesus in the Babylonian Talmud, a collection of Jewish rabbinical writings compiled between 70 to 500 AD. Given this time frame, it's naturally purported that earlier references to Jesus are more likely likely to be historically reliable than later ones. The Babylonian Talmud describes Jesus being hanged and hanged on a tree. And lo and behold, Galatians 3.13 says that Jesus was hung on a tree. It was a synonym for crucifixion. And Luke 23.39 applies this term of hanging to the criminals who had crucified with Christ. So the Talmud declares that Jesus was crucified on the eve of the Passover. Friend, let me just briefly mention a whole bunch of other historical corroborators, including Celsus, a Platonist philosopher who considered Jesus to be a magician. Suetonius, a Roman writer, lawyer, and historian, wrote independently of Jesus Christ in 49 CE. Then number three, Marabar Serapion, a prisoner of war held by the Romans, wrote a letter to his son that described the wise Jewish king, citing Jesus. Number four, Pliny the Younger, a Roman governor and friend of Tacitus, wrote about early Christian worship in his letters. Number five, the Gnostic writings that are blasphemous and heretical. The Gospel of Truth, the Apocryphon of John, the Gospel of Thomas, etc. They all mention Jesus by name, although, again, we don't believe their contents. Number six, Julius Africanus quotes the historian Thallus in a discussion of the darkness which followed the crucifixion of Christ. And number seven, finally, the Encyclopedia Britannica uses 20,000 words to tell us about Jesus and never once hints that he did not exist. 
That's more words than for Aristotle, Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar or Napoleon Bonaparte put together. Almost all the statements about Jesus' friend which are asserted in the New Testament are corroborated or confirmed by the infamous historians Tacitus and Josephus, as we've discussed. These independent historians, one a non-Christian Roman citizen and the other Jewish, confirm what we're told in the Gospels. Then there's the famous Bertrand Russell, the Welsh philosopher and recipient of the Nobel Prize for Literature in 1950, wrote in his essay, Why I Am Not a Christian, that, and I quote, Historically, it is quite doubtful whether Christ ever existed at all, and if he did, we know nothing about him, unquote. Sorry, Bertrand, although you're my countryman, it looks like you reached your conclusion without sufficient research, because clearly the argument is compelling for Christ's existence, even from non-biblical sources. Friend, as believers, we should be able to give an account of what we believe and why we believe it, even utilizing outside sources if circumstances necessitate, as people continue to deride the authenticity of the Holy Scriptures to their detriment. No serious scholar friend has ventured to postulate the non-historicity of Christ, although numerous have tried down the years. We don't need these extra-biblical sources as Christians to confirm what already bears witness in our hearts and by the Holy Writ, namely that Christ was supernaturally born of a virgin and rose from the dead. However, I thought this broadcast might prove useful when you encounter occasional skeptics who've not done their own research regarding Christ's well-documented and absolutely certain existence. You've been listening to Carl Joseph and the Lions Unchained podcast. Carl is a minister who's witnessed God's supernatural power to save, heal, and deliver. Carl is a unique researcher who investigates current affairs, societal trends, technology, cults, and end-time events, all through a biblical lens. Every Monday, new podcasts are uploaded, so stay tuned for the next opportunity to roar into victory. Check out carljosephministries.com for exciting articles, teachings, and discussion points. See you next week, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button.